I'm so thankful and uh, glad to introduce Pastor Amato to come minister the word of the Lord today. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Could you give God the loudest hand clap of praise that he's received today? Hallelujah. Can we just say, God, I'm going to give you these next moments. Lord, I'm going to move aside every thought. I'm going to move aside every doubt. I'm going to move aside every fear. And I'm going to let you and your word do something. God, hallelujah, that only it can do. God, and I'm going to pray that your word would sow a seed of faith. God, and that your word, God, would sow that seed into my heart. God, and that seed would germinate. That seed would grow. God, and that you would do wondrous things, God, through your word, by your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He created the heavens and the earth with the word. Amen. The spoken word. And if he can create the heavens and the earth, and when he, if he can speak light into existence with his very word, I know he can do that today. There's something powerful about the word of God. And if we can put that in our mind, it's not just something we put on the coffee table to let our friends know that we're somewhat religious, but it's God that is alive in my heart. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. God is so very good. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so honored to stand before the greatest church. I, I don't think there's any question, Brother Rick, that this is the greatest church. Amen. Spirit-filled church. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, just honored to stand before you. And uh, so great. It's so good to see friends, amen, from our Wednesday night life groups. I'm just excited. It's, a, it's like God just made this all work out. Uh, not that God made pastor get sick, amen, but it just, everything works out for a reason. Uh, it's not by accidents, accidents, not by a happenstance that things happen, but God has a divine, divine order, and we're excited in, in what he's going to do today. We are in a, a series, and last week, I'm thankful for the, the circle, amen, the circle maker, and uh, that, that phrase didn't uh, leave my memory because every time I do something that would upset my wife, she said, I'm going to pray a circle around you, and, uh, and uh, that, that, that comment and that phrase just kept uh, resonating in our week, but I believe that we were praying circles around some things, amen, and I believe that God heard those prayers, and I believe that if we begin to move and, and advance and circle our prayers and be focused and, 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 and uh, thoughtful and even intentional with our prayers, God can help us, and, and today we're going to talk about uh, dreaming big, and, and not so much just a dream, because that's a, a word that, that sometimes is, is not associated with with visions from God and, and uh, uh, promises from God. But the word dream is in the Bible. And the Bible tells us that dreams will come to pass and they will come forward. And how many of us circled the promise or, or circled a prayer last, last week and even this week? And then we even circled a promise that God gave us. How many of us can, can say that happened? And if maybe this is your very first time here and God has brought you here and he's given you a promise, I'm telling you, we can circle around that promise and God can do something mighty in our lives. I turn your attention to the New Testament, the word of God in the book of Philippians chapter four, verse 19. And uh, I don't say this with a haughty spirit, but I believe someone's gonna receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe someone's going to get refilled with the Holy Ghost. 
I believe someone is going to make a decision, not just to say, I accept my Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I'm going to take that step of faith and I'm going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be water baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe it. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 19. And it reads, this is the Apostle Paul saying, but God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you can please put your Bible down and ask God to anoint this time. We've already had an anointed service. God has moved. God has done things. And But the power of the spoken word, amen. I pray that it would do something great. Ask God to anoint your ears to hear and anoint me to speak. In the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord, knowing and believing that you are able to do exceeding abundantly, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint my lips to speak, God. Anoint my heart, anoint my mind, God. Cleanse me, Jesus. Lord, let me be the vessel that you use today, the mouthpiece from you, God. Lord, that someone's life would be changed, that someone's, God, marriage would be put back together, that someone's fear, God, would be overridden by the comfort of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. Lord, let today be a lasting impression in eternity, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, give Jesus Christ another hand clap of praise. Amen. You may be seated. We, we found about last week about a gentleman in, in the early days of, of Israel where he would do something what that was out of the ordinary, something that made himself look foolish. And his name was Honey. And Honey would, would, as we heard about last week, he would, he would draw a circle around in the land and he would pray for God to bring forth the rain so that they would be free and that that would happen. But uh, people looked at him and they, they saw him. And when you do something foolish or something extraordinary in the presence of people who are carnal, they find ways to ridicule you. They find ways to make you feel like what you're doing is crazy and foolish, that God can't answer those types of prayers. But that's not the type God we live. This is neither a religion. This is not just a, 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 a thing that we go through, but this is a relationship with the most high God. And that is why we have got to make up our mind that we have got to move forward in faith. And whatever God tells you to do, you do it. And you do it with joy. You do it with an expectancy knowing that he is able and that God will and that God will provide it and that God will make a way in it. And so it, it looked foolish that Honey would be doing this thing and the people would look at him and point fingers at him and say, this guy is crazy. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. In fact, some even thought that he was being disrespectful to the almighty God. And when you do something that, that is extraordinary, something that is out of the ordinary, something that's out of the norm, when you see Brother Francisco run the aisles, it's not because he's 
just wanting to get some calisthenic exercises. It's because he's realized, amen, if he's going to give God his all, he's going to shout. He's going to run. He's going to dance before the Lord. And you know what? What I've learned in being here these past five weeks is that he doesn't care how you look at him. He doesn't care if you point fingers at him because it wasn't you that saved him out of the sin. It wasn't you that saved him out of the addiction. So when you begin to worship God and look foolish in the eyes of the world, I don't care because it wasn't you on that cross. It was Jesus Christ Almighty that did something great. Hallelujah. Call me foolish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you're not the one who saved me. You're not the one who healed me. You're not the one that brought me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about making prayer circles about around some things in your life that may seem foolish. Oh, that young person you have living in your house. They've lived in your house for years. You can't even get them out of your house. They've grown up and they don't seem to ever grow up. And your friends tell you there's no hope. Your friends tell you there's something that can't be done in their life. And then you look at other situations and you look at the bills piling up and you look at the sin piling up in your life and you seem to tell yourself why bother with this situation why make yourself foolish trying to make things happen that you know aren't gonna happen but I am one that knows amen that I've got to have faith to see things that are not as all they already are and you got to look at your situation right into the face and say God has promised me something and if he promised me something it's gonna come to pass no matter what happens, no matter how it looks, no matter how silly it looks, it's gonna come to pass. Amen. Amen. They looked foolish. Amen. The people that marched around Jericho, we heard about it last week. They just marched and marched and people were probably saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that thing? David looked foolish when he tended to the flock. He looked foolish because he was the only one that tended to the sheep when everyone else was having a good time. He was the messenger boy. He was, he was looked on as being foolish. But when God anointed him to be king, amen, he said, you're going to be king. So he went from the promise to the place. But in between that, in the, in the transition from the promise, amen, to the actual place of him becoming king, he realized that whatever happens in his life, you don't worry about the Goliath in your life. You don't worry about the lions in your life. You don't worry about the things that try to attack you in your life. Because God anointed me to be king and he gave me a promise. So come on, Goliath. Come on, giant. Come on, things of this world. Bring it on because God, you promised me something. And if God promised it, it doesn't matter what comes to pass. God will make a way out of no way. He is the way maker. He is the healer. He is the provider. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, God, you may come from different situations and we may come from different walks of life, but, but every time you come into the presence of God, God gives each of us a measure of faith and he gives each of us a promise in our life. And my promise might be different from your promise, but that doesn't negate the fact that we both have a promise from the most high God. And that doesn't negate the fact that God is going to see me through that promise and he's going to allow some things to happen in my life. But you better realize that the things happen, that they're good, the 
things that happen that are bad, they're all in God's order and they're all intended, hallelujah, to unfold the promise of the most high God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You talk about God placing you in situations and God putting you in problems and you come and cry and you wail in the church and you've got the violin hanging by your shoulder and you're just, you're just singing the blues and you're just saying, oh, woe is me and all this stuff happens to me. You've got to realize that God puts us in situations and God puts us in places so that we can overcome. Amen. We can be better so that we can get to the place to where he's promised us to be. David wasn't ready to be king at the age that he was anointed to be king. It wasn't his time to be king. If you would have anointed me to be king, I would have been right there in front and center ready to go. But that shows that God has to put me through a process. And he put David through a process. And because God gave you a promise and it seems to be so far off that you feel you can't touch it. You feel you can't even get close to it. You feel you're so far from that promise. I'm here to tell you that if God promised you something. You better thank him for the road that he's placed you on. You thank him for everything. You thank him for every trial. You thank him for every situation. You say, God, hallelujah, what the devil meant for evil, God is going to use for good. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you talk about promises and you talk about God. Amen. Putting us in places so that we can be overcomers. Amen. So that we can be better and stronger. You look at the story of Joseph, who was a dreamer. He interpreted dreams. And when he would tell his brothers, he said, brother, I had this dream. And this dream was this. And this is the dream I have. This is the interpretation I've got. And God had put a promise in his life. But little did he know that the ones closest to him would hurt him. Is that so very true in our lives today? The ones closest to us hurt us the most, but it's okay because God has a plan and a purpose. And, and what happens, his very own brothers, flesh and blood, sell him into slavery and they put him and ridicule him and they throw him in a pit and, and he's cast off and he's away and he's put into a prison and it looks like his life is ultimately over, right? You'd think your life would be over. I mean, at least I would if I was stuck in a prison cell and say, my life is over. But little did he realize that God had a plan and the reason why he had to go through that process and go through that place and go through that situation because the promise was still present in his life, but God was even stronger and better. And Joseph turned from the man who said, I had a dream and I interpreted this dream and God put him in a place to be in the, in the presence of Pharaoh. And he said, God gave me a dream and God gave me the interpretation of this dream. And you look at a situation where Joseph was being being uh, someone who was kind of self-righteous, you know, he had a promise from God, but he felt like he had control and that he had his own gifts and that he had his own talents. But could it be so that God puts us through situations and God humbles us and God does something in us so that can we, we can realize that whatever happens good in my life, I know it wasn't by my own ability. It wasn't by my good looks and my lovely wife, but it was by God Almighty, Jesus Christ amen that made it come to pass and if you can realize that all things 
work together for the good. Hallelujah. To them that are called out. Hallelujah. According to his excellent greatness, God, the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about God putting us in a place and giving you a promise and saying you may not be ready yet. You've got to let that kind of simmer. You've got to let that grow in you because you may not be ready to face the actual thing that God is wanting you to be in but you have got to go through a process so that God can get you from the promise amen to the actual thing that he wants you to do and be in your life hallelujah God God amen and then you start to wonder and you start to look at yourself and then you begin to realize that, you know, you could be just being foolish. And then you begin to hear voices in your life and the logic is screaming no while the little faith within you is whispering yes. And I'm here to tell you that you've got to have enough Holy Ghost in your life to be able to say, you know what, logically that doesn't make sense. But if God can part the Red Sea and if God can free the slaves, in Egypt then he can do something in my life it doesn't make sense it's a medical marvel that the blind man was healed it's a medical marvel that the girl was raised up it doesn't make sense but faith tells me yes it does because God is in control we've got to draw circles around our promises and say God I'm not going to let that promise die I'm not going to let that promise win but I'm going to wrap myself around it. My marriage, my son, my daughter, my finances, my home, hallelujah, my spiritual well-being. You've got to wrap yourself around the promise of God. Hallelujah. Someone needs to draw a circle right now around that. Someone needs to begin to say, God, you promised me, and God, you're not going to fail me. God, you told me I'd preach. You told me I, you, I would do things God you told me God you would use me God you told me that my family would be saved you told me that my mom would be healed you told me that my my income would grow you told me that if I gave sacrificially that you would do something in my life I'm talking about rapping hallelujah yourself around the promises of God hallelujah hallelujah yes it looks foolish yes it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense pastor that we're wanting to go to a different location because we've wandered and we've wanted to stay here it doesn't make sense that we're receiving another offering it seems like we're just receiving another one for the building fund and if you've been in church long as i have there's always a building fund and you got to realize that god promised us a building but he didn't tell us how he didn't even tell us where he didn't say if it was going to happen by the bank or if it was going to happen by the other person across the way but we know that the promise is unfolding and it wasn't the way I thought it would look like. It wasn't the way that I perceived it would be. But God is unfolding the promise in his own way. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God. In his own way. You look at people. Amen. Hallelujah. That wanted to do something great for God and that God gave them a promise and they messed up and they moved on and then they messed stopped and they moved on the father of the nations of his name is Abraham God promised him your seed shall have all the land and you guys would be good looking strong 
kind of like me. Amen. Say things that are not as though they already are. In the name of Jesus. Husbands, I gave you a line this week. Use it. Amen. Oh, ye of little faith. Abraham was given a promise, and he said, you're gonna, you and your wife are going to conceive. Well, Sarah was, was old. Nothing wrong with being old. But there comes a time, amen, sis. But there comes a time that your clock stops ticking. Right? And what seems impossible to man, amen, is possible for God. So Abraham in his zeal and his tenacity, wanting to unfold the promise by himself, says, you know what, I, I don't know how this is going to happen. And Sarah saw him and Sarah was like, well, you know what, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should, you should go with our handmaid and, and maybe that's the son that you need and that's the son that God has promised. So he listens to the wife, which is always a big problem, amen. And we're going to have a marriage conference in, a, in another week, so you can come to that. And he listens and hearkens to his wife's voice, and he does that, and he goes to, to Haggai, and, and they conceive a child, and she's going crazy. She feels guilty, and she doesn't know what's going on, but the angel of God promises her that she is going to be okay. However, although that situation is going to be okay, what Abraham did was create a dream. He had a dream, and, and God gave him a dream, but with that, he created a nightmare because we all know that the son that she bore, Ishmael, is, is, history goes back all the problems in the Middle East go back to those two boys Ishmael amen and Isaac it goes back to that point and sometimes we try to get in the way of what God is wanting to do in our life I'm here to tell you don't get in the way don't try to make things happen on your own let God write the story in your life let God amen give you the promise so that you can look back and say you see that that's because my God did that for me I had nothing to do with it. All I had to do was have faith that he is able and that he is going to do that thing in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't mess up your dream and turn it into a nightmare by trying to make the promise come to pass. Imagine if David would have knocked on the door of the kingdom and said, I'm the king now. Give me my seat. Make me my food. But no, he realized he had to go through the chiseling process. He had to go through the process of where God would mold him and form him and create something beautiful in him. It's not because he doesn't trust you right now. It's because he wants you to be the best of what he's called you to be and he wants us to go through it. God, you may have to put me through a fast. God, you may have to separate me from my friends. God, you may have to strip me from the sins of this world for your promise to be unfolded in my life. We all want a promise. We all want a circle around the promise. We all want to wrap around the promise. But you've got to be willing to be committed to get to that promise. You've got to be committed to say, God, I'm willing to go and do whatever it takes for you to give me that dream and to dream it big. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God performs those things and God gives us those miracles. But don't do it on your own. You've got to realize that God is ultimately in control. He knew amen. from the day you were born that you would be sitting here on this March 11th, amen, on, on a Sunday afternoon in Life Church. 
happened that you would be here, amen, and that God would have uh, done something in your life. And it's not by happenstance that you're here, but he divinely called you. It's not by accident that we have friends from our life group here. He divinely called us. It's not by accident that families are being put back together because he divinely called us. And you got to realize that God knows every which way we're going. He knows the number, hallelujah, of hair we have on our head. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're going to go through tomorrow. And that's why I can say, God, I'm going to trust you because I may just have this type of vision where I can't see over. But Lord, you've got the aerial view of where you're going to take me. I may be stuck in sin. I may be stuck in death. I may be stuck in fear right now, but Lord, I'm going to trust you so that you can pluck me out and take me out of that place and put me, God, on your path to do what you've called me to do. It's time to circle around the promises of the almighty God. If God gave you a promise last week, if he gave you a promise last year, if he gave you a promise, amen, 10 years ago, you better realize that that promise is still written down on the ledger in heaven and God is going to still have it happen in your life. You better mark it down that God is still in control and that's why you've got to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to believe in you. Lord, it doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how I get there, but it's going to come to pass, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, dreaming big. Hallelujah, dreaming big. Doing something and God calling you to dream big. Hallelujah, he gave a passion in Brother Chris Bergerman's life. He gave a passion to Brother Chris, what we call embarrassing. God gave him a passion to do and he starts talking to people at the Monrovia Street Fair. He starts talking to people and for all the no's he got, he probably got half a yes and people probably said, I don't want nothing to do with that. But that didn't stop him from the thing that God called him to be that didn't stop him from the promise that God put in his life because one of those tracks landed on someone's hand and they said there's something special about this church and I'm going to meet this church and I'm going to do something with this church and God developed a relationship that neither no man could do no yellow page ad can do no door hanger can do no event on Facebook can do I'm talking about God divinely ordering our steps if we obey the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. You want to talk about a hero? I'll tell you a hero, Brother Chris, for having the courage to go out and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to say, I know a church down in Pasadena that can give you life. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And that leads us to where God does something supernatural in the book of Numbers. And it's so, sometimes we think book of numbers is boring because it's all about numbers. Hate numbers. I do. I like to draw. Don't like numbers. But God says, I'm going to do something so crazy, so astronomical in their life, that they're going to know it's only because of me. And so they're freed from Egypt, right? And so they're, they're set free and they're in the wilderness and and isn't it like human nature for us to be set free, no longer bound by, by bands and shackles and, and all that stuff that we sung about because we're set free, but still saying, you know, back in Egypt, back in the world, back when I was over there, 
Back when I had all my friends, back over there, we had leeks and onions and lettuce, and we had pan dulce, and we had uh, Starbucks, and, and we had all this good stuff. And all we have here is just manna, just plain old manna, the manna from heaven. And, 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 and because you, they had a taste of the world in their life, in their, in their mouth, in, the, in their appetite, and they didn't uh, lose that. And it's cool, we've heard it about the ghetto, but we'll, we'll put biblical terms here. You can take Egypt out of the Israelites, but it's harder to get the Israelites, amen. Getting out of, of uh, it says, but it is much harder getting Egypt out of the Israelites than getting the Israelites out of Egypt. It's like we want that. God set me free, but don't, don't let me leave that taste. God set me free, but just allow me to get a little bit of that here and there. And that's why we saw a couple weeks ago, Brother Simon, just out of the blue, begin to shout. Because he says, I don't want that taste anymore. And God took it away. And God did something mighty. And God moved in his life because he didn't want that taste in his mouth anymore. Because God had set him free. Amen. They were so concerned and worried and consumed with all the free food they had that they, feel, they failed to realize that God had freed them. God had freed them. And they said, we want some meat. And if you like to eat good meat, good steak, uh, uh, the Brazilian steakhouse here and there, you know it's good. Meat, it's good. Even on Daniel fast, when we just eat just veggies, it's good. Meat is good. And, and so they said, we want meat. And they murmured. But it's so, God is so interestingly funny, hilarious, cheerful. Because he, he says, all right, they want meat. They're murmuring. All right, I'll give him some meat. But I'm not just going to give him any meat. I'm going to send quail. And if you realize geographically where they were at, they were not close to the ocean. And uh, the quail always flew by the water. And by the, the area of, of waters. And so God said, I'm going to give them a meat that's not even close to where they're at. And I'm going to send a whirlwind. And I'm going to send the quail. And, the, and if you study the quail, they don't even like to fly long. They're just lazy birds. And so God gets a ton of quail. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give you enough for a day. But furthermore, I'm going to give you enough for a month. I'm going to give you enough that you're just not going to know what to do with it. And then Moses began to say, or how are you going to do that? I don't see enough cattle out here. I don't see enough uh, sheep out here. I don't see enough livestock out here for, for it to come to pass. And then God said, just watch. Book of Numbers, okay. I'm going to numerically do something astronomically that you're not going to, you're, you're going to know that it only came from me. You wanted the leeks from Egypt and the, the lettuce from Egypt and the fruit from Egypt and the bread from Egypt. I'm going to give you something that only I can provide. And he sends a whirlwind of those quail going in circle and rounding about. And the Bible tells us that God brought them from the area of the water into the inland and the quail began to rain down on them. And God said, you know what? You wanted it? Here you go. Because even in God's uh, uh, infinite power, even when you begin to murmur against God, he's going to put us in a place to humble us. And unfortunately, he's going to put us in a place that we're going to say, okay, God, you gave me what I wanted, but I know that it was only you that gave it to me, God. It was only you that brought this and had this come to pass. And it's ironic, amen, that they were complaining about one miracle while asking for another one. We have got to realize that God is already on our side and he shall supply all our needs according.
according to his riches and glory. And that's why we've got to come to the conclusion. Amen. He just, he doesn't promise us just a one course meal. He just doesn't give you just the appetizer, but he gives you enough more than you can even fathom and more that you can even handle because that's the type of God we have. When he gives you a dream, you better dream it big because God promised it, God said it, and it's gonna come to pass. I'm talking about marriages being whole. I'm talking about sin, hallelujah, being brought to light. I'm talking about people's lives and eternity that's at stake. God, move in me. God, do something in me. He doesn't just provide it in dramatic fashion, but he provides it in dramatic proportion. That's how he does it. He used Moses who stuttered. He used Moses who kind of wasn't the perfect speaker to free the people. He used Joseph who was given a promise, amen, to interpret the dreams and be the second man in command to be one in charge there. He anointed David to be king and he anointed him, amen, to do great things and to fight giants and ultimately be in the palace. But in those places and in these characters in the Bible, amen, that is so real and alive, amen, God brought them from situations and their lives were not perfect like mine or yours. Their lives had many faults, but God promised them something. And through the fault and through the, the, the pain and through the sin and through the shortcomings, God still allowed them to get from point A to point B because he said, I promise and you better believe it and you know that it's going to come to pass. That's why Herod, when he sent the decree out to go kill all the babies, when Jesus was born, he could not, he could not kill Jesus. When a promise comes forth, it doesn't matter if the Herod in your life tries to disrupt it or try to destroy it. It doesn't matter if the sins in your life try, try to hide it away and tries to, to throw it out the window because it's going to come to pass. Herod could not handle him. The Pharisees tried to keep him. And then even the grave tried to hold him. But the promise was that the Messiah would come and that he would heal and that he and that he would die on a cross and three days later he would rise again. You talk about things trying to disrupt the promise. That's as bad as it's ever going to get. But God said I still won and I'm still victorious because the promise that I laid out still came to pass. Hallelujah. So don't cry the blues at the things that didn't go your way. Don't cry the blues that you feel uh, down and out and that no one cares about you, that no one likes you. Don't cry the blues that you don't have the, the job or you don't have the life that the other person has. Could it be that God has placed you exactly and, and, and just in, in a place where you know that only you can handle, that only you can be in that place where he can elevate you and catapult you and make you someone who can say if it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side hallelujah hallelujah we sang it last week amen we sang it last week we kind of went old school amen hallelujah when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah 
praise God for saving me. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. I know it wasn't by my own ability, God. It wasn't by my own talent, Lord. But it was you who said, I will fight the battle on your behalf. The battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. Hallelujah. And if we can realize that he has done that for us and he's given us a promise, you look at it right in the face and say, you know what? I'm going to rise out of this place. I'm going to rise and do what you call me to do, God. He called, amen, an apostle, Paul, amen, who would ultimately be someone of a great figure in the Bible. And Paul was an evil man named Saul, and he persecuted the very people that he would later be trying to win and love and take care of. But God had a promise in his life, and he was destined probably for for, uh, being in exile in the Christian world and by the Christian people. But there was nothing too big and there was nothing too grand, hallelujah, to stop Saul, amen, from his promise of becoming Paul and being ultimately one of the ones who would be heroes of our faith and pen most of the New Testament. Amen. And God is wanting us to realize there is nothing too big, nothing too dark, nothing too deep. Hallelujah. For God to raise you up and to save you and to love you and to say, you know what? I want to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost and that's my spirit living in you. And I want you to be water baptized in the name of Jesus. It's time to bury the old man and become a new creature in Christ God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to come to the conclusion that that's where he wants us to be and that's where he's wanting to take us. That's where he's he's saying, you know what? You've got to move forward. You've got to push forward. And in the murmuring, in the struggle of, of the people of Israel and the people of God wanting quail, wanting meat, that didn't discourage Moses. Moses knew that they were boneheads for even treating God in that manner. He knew that they just weren't thinking right, that they were still carnal in their life. And sometimes the man of God sometimes gets hurt and frustrated because sometimes we as the people of God, amen, don't realize that God has a bigger plan and a better plan for us. But thank God for the Moses in our life that's able to tune into the presence of God and say, I'm going to march around this promise. I'm going to march around what you've told me that is going to happen for the people of Israel and I'm going to believe and God told them go get 70 elders and come back to the tabernacle and we're going to march around this promise and if you feel amen that if you're on board with what this church is doing and where where this church is going it's time that we rise with the Moses in our life and say you know what I'm going to believe this promise I'm going to march around this And it wasn't until then that God brought the quail in a mighty way and they were filled and they were fed and they finally realized that God was in control. God was in control. God was in control. God was in control. 
God doesn't add up when he does his things. You can't have simple math with God. Five plus two doesn't equal seven. It's not addition or subtraction. In the carnal world, it is. You begin to write your tithe check and your offering check, and you begin to look at the promises, amen, and the pledges that we make. You're like, well, scratching your head, adding the zero, amen, adding the remainder and saying, oh, God, how is this going to happen? But thank God, amen, Jesus Christ had a situation where 5,000 were hungry, and they said, what? are we going to do? And some little kid, some little runt who had amen, nothing but had had, he had a five loaves and two fish. Amen. And, and, and they said, well, we've got this. And they said, Andrew kind of was puzzled. One of the disciples, he's like, that's not, not going to add up. That's going to feed like me and Jesus and that's it. <laughs> but when you put things in the, in the hands of God and you put things on the throne of God, you put things at the altar of God. You put things at his feet. He says, I'm not going to add it nor subtract it. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to multiply it. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. And with that little meal, they fed 5,000 and they had 12 it's left over. I'm talking about a God who can have your promise multiplied. Hallelujah. And he can bring miracles, signs, and wonders. But in the midst of that, God, save my soul. In the midst of that, give me a pure heart. In the midst of that, let me hide your word in me so I will not sin against you. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you, God, for the blessings. But Lord, don't let me ever forget that you are my savior, you are my redeemer, you are my healer, you are the one who was, who is, and is to come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet right now. Let's stand right now and begin to right now. begin to love them right now. Begin to, God, I thank you for my promise. I I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Before you get excited and think I'm going to let you go. Back to Abraham. And I want us to remain standing. I'll be quick with this. Abraham was given the promise that his son was going to have the land, inherit the land, and do things with the land. We know he messed up, had Ishmael, and that was that. But Isaac came along, and Sarah did have a child, and she conceived and bore a son at a ripe young age, and God did something in their life, and God said, that's the promise, that's the promise, and with this guy's seed, man, you're going to see this. And with Isaac's seed, you're going to see things that you never thought possible. So God said, okay, I'm going to test Abraham with the promise that I've given him. And in Genesis chapter 22, amen, amen, he, he tells him, he says, to take your son Isaac. I want you to take the promise. I want you to get the promise that I gave you. I want you to take it up to the mountain. And I want you to place it at the altar. And I want you to sacrifice it. Abraham's like, God, that's my promise. God, you know that you gave me Isaac. And that's the promise that you gave me. You told me that my seed would inherit all of this. I don't understand, God. You don't have to understand. It's my 
promise to give, and it's my promise to unfold in your life. You don't have to add all the numbers and think logically with it. You don't have to try to reason and say, it doesn't make sense. It won't make sense, amen, in the earth. the natural, but when God gives you the spirit of the Holy Ghost, and when what God can allow those things to come the ways that you never thought it would happen. So He says, "All right, God, it's my Abraham, let's go worship with with my son." So He grabs his son, kid. And they, they, and he says, son, let's go up to the mountain. Let's worship. God has called us to worship God. And the son was smart enough to know some things. And he saw Abraham have some wood. He carried some supplies. And he said, okay, this is odd. So they're walking up the mountain. And, and they're going to go worship God. Go worship God. And if you ever been in a place where God told you something, he gave you a promise, and then he told you to go somewhere and do something, and it didn't make sense, and you can only think about Abraham's mind, why am I going to sacrifice my son at the altar? Why is God calling me to do this? God, why are you wanting me to go this route? And he's just contemplating his mind. You ever contemplated in your mind on why things are happening and why they're going the way they're going and you don't know how, you don't know when. I mean, you, you struggle to even find a, a place where you can be founded on and he's going up the mountain and they said it's time to worship and they, be, they begin to place the wood on the altar and he says, dad, there's nothing to place on the altar. I don't see any rams. I don't see any sheep. I don't see any of that, God. He said, Where's the sacrifice? Will provide himself as a sacrifice. And so he obeys. Told him to put. If I could borrow that. He tells him. Get on the altar. So he goes on the altar. And Abraham. Gets the knife to slay his son in sacrifice obeying the word of God and saying here goes my promise here goes my promise and as soon as he's ready to do it an angel stops him an angel stops him and says God has provided himself a sacrifice and all along the promise was never going to go away the promise was always going to be there it was just God wanting to see Abraham's obedience in the process of the promise. And if God has given you a promise yesterday, today, if he gave you a promise last week, if he gave you a promise today during the prayer service, during the worship service, you better believe that God is going to allow it to come to pass. Amen. And if he can trust you with a promise, then he can trust you with the destination of that promise. And he can say you can make it and come through it and overcome it. And it's not enough just to overcome here on earth, but he wants to have, amen, the opportunity to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant you have been faithful amen over little you have been faithful in the world now I'm going to make you ruler over much enter now into the joy of the Lord and that's ultimately where I want to go if you feel that God 
has given you a promise. You feel that the promise has been given to you. You feel that it's been stagnant. You feel that it's just been there. The dream has died off. The dream has gone away. And it seems that instead of praying circles around the dream and the promise, you've been running circles in your mind and circles in your life. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen. He gave us one of a sound mind. He gave us the Holy Ghost to be led by and the work to lead us on the path and that's why we've got to say Lord the promise is mine God I don't care how it happens God I don't know how it's going to unfold but I know that the promise is mine if we can come forward I want us to all come forward right now I invite you amen in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 he says I know the plans I have for you I know the plans I have for you Plans to not destroy you, to hurt you, to harm you. Plans to prosper you, to deliver you, to give you an expected end. Thank God that there's an expected end. Where is the expected end? The expected end, my friends, amen, is heaven's throne, the streets of gold. The expected end is God taking you from, hallelujah, the promise to the destination. The expected end is life in you. The expected end is healing in you. The expected end is miracles in you. The expected end is God's salvation in you. The expected end. I want us to pray together. But I want us to pray this prayer. I prayed this prayer last night because I knew that if I was going to, fulfill the promise of God in my life and if I knew that I was going to stand before you I had to get real with myself and purify my mind and purify my heart so that the promise of God could get unfolded so I want all of us to pray together we are not exempt no one is but God wants to do something in us but it could be the very thing that is stopping us from the promise to the destination is the fact that we still have a taste of Egypt why don't you ask God right now to take that taste away and say I'm going to flee from the sin I'm going to flee and stop lusting over the things that I think give me pleasure but God I want you to give me an appetite for your word an appetite for your manna an appetite for the spirit of the almighty God by the power that's in the name of Jesus and the authority that's in the word of God I pray that you would purify our minds purify our hearts purify our lives right now if there's any sin that is amongst us that is within us if there's anything thing that needs to be ridded out of our lives God take it away God if there's any guilt right now you don't have to live with guilt you don't have to live with shame you don't have to carry the weight because you weren't intended to carry it on your own God wants to free you from it in the name of Jesus cleanse me God come on let's pray that prayer for real together and say God cleanse me God purify me Jesus take Take away the sins. Take away the taste of Egypt. Take away the things that are holding me back from the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now I encourage you in the Holy Ghost to let the Spirit of the Lord fall in this place and let him do something in us. And it's time that we, as the people of the Most High God, begin. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. To mark circles around the dream. Mark circles around the promises and say, God, the promise is here and the promise is going to come to pass and come hell or high water. You are going to unfold it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone begin to help me pray. Hallelujah. Someone's life needs to change. Someone's heart is going to get restored. Someone's mind is going to be put back in a place of soundness. Someone's heart is going to be delivered, Jesus. Hallelujah.
says and the Lord said unto Abram after that lot was separated from him the Lord said lift up now thine eyes and look from, look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. But I want you to listen to the next verse. Verse 17, God says, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. I felt like God just nudged me in the spirit while Pastor Motto was ministering the word of the Lord to remind someone today that when God gives you a promise, he wants you to start to walk in the promise. Not to just sit back and say, okay, I'm going to just sit here until it happens. The land didn't belong to Abram at that point, but God says you need to walk in it anyway because I want you to become familiar with the surroundings of your promise. I want you to start to smell like your promise. Even if you haven't seen it fulfilled yet, I want you to start walking in your promise. I remember Pastor Soto. Many of you remember Pastor Aaron Soto that's been here before when he was in high school, about 16 years of age, 17 years of age. He gave his life completely to the Lord, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and felt God called him to be a minister. But he said, but I'm just a young man. I don't know what to do. 
so he said, well, he called to be a minister, so I'm going to start dressing and acting like a minister. So he went to high school, and he dressed sharp, and he carried a Bible with him. I mean, what does that mean? But he's just saying, in, in essence, he was saying, I'm going to walk in the promise. I don't know. I know it's not happened yet, but I'm going to walk in the promise. And in his senior year of high school, there were 12 members of his high school class that after he taught a Bible study to them were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost while he was a, a senior in high school. The reason was when God gave him a promise, he said, I'm not going to wait till I'm 27 or 29 or 35 to just hopefully the promise comes and takes me over. I'm going to start walking in the promise. Hallelujah. God's promised you a fruitful and happy marriage. You need to start walking in that promise. God's promised you a life that's anointed by God. You need to start walking in the promise. God's promised you deliverance from sin. Start walking in the promise. How do I walk in the promise? You can start by coming to church regularly. You can start by getting in the word of God. Amen. Don't wait until the promise is fulfilled in your life to say, now I'm going to start walking in the promise. But God gives you the promise and he says, now arise and walk in the promise. God gave you a big dream. Now he wants you to arise. <laughs> walk in the dream. Walk in the promise. Walk in the anointing. There may be some trials in the meantime. There may, may be some battles to fight in the meantime. There may be some enemies to push off in the meantime. But at least you know what the promise looks like because you've walked the, the length of it and the breadth of it. You know what the promise feels like. You know what the breeze feels like blowing through the promise. You've got the aroma of the promise in your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we leave, let's stand to our feet one time. Amen. I'm going to turn this back over to Pastor Mato to see a closing, say a closing prayer. Thank God for the word today. Anybody say thank God for the word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the challenge to dream be and to hold on to the promise. Amen. I'm going to ask him to say a prayer. We'll be dismissed in the name of the Lord. Remember uh, to be a part of your life group. This week also, the ladies' conferences this week, we want to pray for the ladies, and there is a meeting uh, after the church, after the service right now, downstairs in the youth room for uh, all the ladies that are going to ladies' conference for any last-minute instructions or directions regarding that. So as soon as we say amen, ladies that are going, if you could head down there, we pray that God's blessing and power and anointing will be upon that ladies' conference this week in Ontario, and God's going to do great things. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for that. Also pray for Pastor Amato and myself because we're watching our kids this week while our wives go to ladies' conference. That's a big one to pray for. Amen. I'm so thankful for God's word and thankful for what he's done. And let's continue to do that and walk into that. In the name of Jesus, I invite you to bow your head with me. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the word that you've placed in my life.
God. I thank you, Jesus, for the promise that you've given me. I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost that you filled me with. God, I thank you for the word, Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you would continue to be a man, Lord, and a woman, a child, a young person, God. Lord, of prayer and a passion, Lord. Uh, a person, Lord, that loves your word and loves your truth. Lord, let me not continue to do the things that I used to do. But, Lord, I am turned around as a new creature today. And all things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Lord, let me begin to walk in faith. Let me begin to walk, Jesus, hallelujah, with you by my side. Let me commune with you on a daily basis. Let me know your word, God, because in order to get from this place to the next, God, I'm going to have to get to know you a little better. And in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that our faith right here would rise. And I invite you right now to begin to give God some praise. Begin to thank him right now in advance and begin to say, Lord, it shall be done. Lord, it's going to come to pass. And we're going to walk out victorious. We're going to walk out, amen, knowing and believing that it shall be done. Lord, it shall be done. I shall be made whole. Lord, my child shall be saved. God, my finances will be made whole. Lord, God, my home will be put back in order. Jesus, I thank you in advance. Lord, I thank you in advance. In the name of Jesus for the miracles. I thank you, Lord, for the salvation. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit that's going to comfort me. God, for the word that's going to illuminate my path. In the name of mighty Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. And let the victorious church shout out aloud. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you need something, like something to pray about this week, can you remember this name? The name is Agapito. Say Agapito. Agapito. This is uh, uh, Brother Jose is a, a guard at uh, one of the prisons. This is a, a man who is finishing up his time in prison, and um, he's coming out, and he wants to be baptized in Jesus' name when he comes out. So let's pray for Agapito this week. That. God's, the seed that's been sown and God's purpose will be fulfilled. God bless you in Jesus' name.